0: Listening to Pawnee Public Radio.
1: With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Welcome to season two, episode two, which is, I think, our golden birthday for this season, right?
0: 2 2. It's the Taylor Swift song. 22.
1: I can't. She wrote all the original music to this um and then they decided to to just go in a different direction. Yeah,
0: it was Taylor um, Swift's only rejection of her career. So it's a real it's a well-hidden <laughs> secret in Hollywood.
1: What do you think about folklore? Do I mean, yeah, you, you a big to, Taylor you fan. You have to
0: understand I Swifthead. <laughs> Swift it's called a Swifty. Um Thank you. I don't I don't um I don't buy into the the fan name thing, but um mm. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan and like, I was a preteen singing along to Cold As You back in the day. Any Taylor Swift fans listening will know <laughs> that deep cut from back in the day. So, of course, yeah. I love folklore. It also reminds me of um, Safe and Sound, which is an an old song that she released. It's even like the artwork is similar. Um, it was for mm-hmm. the Hunger Games movie. Kind of mossy movie.
1: cottagecore. What? Oh, I love the Hunger Games. Yeah. I love a good dystopian. Well, it was safe. YA. It was featuring
0: the Civil Wars and it has similar art too. So any any like real Taylor Swift fan knows that folklore is a real return of mm-hmm. a one song of Taylor Swift's film back in the day. So yes.
1: I so we're both fans of Parks and Rec. Is there have you found yourself becoming a fan of something new in quarantine? Like discovering a new fandom in your life?
0: Um, I've been playing a lot of, I've been having, <laughs> I have virtual game nights with this uh, game night crew, and we play a lot of werewolf. Um, it's like oh, mafia, yeah. but even weirder. that,
1: that game can get tense. It gets so, it's well, a lot well, here's the thing, I'm on a bit your of your friends a, of lying. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: lot of lying. Basically, like, some people yeah. are werewolves and some are villagers. There's a lot of special roles, mm. but it was like a- f- <clears throat> A friend of a friend introduced me to this group. And so I don't know any of them in real life, but it's gotten oh, that helps It's gotten really intense,
1: oh, so it does have it has real world consequences. It's bubbling over it's
0: really because it's a lie. It's a game of social deception, similar to survivor. you if almost you're said listening. lying
1: and then you <laughs> you adjusted. You're like, it's a game of lot. Lie- well, it's social.
0: Okay, Social deception. <laughs> for those who know me from Survivor, it's a similar concept where you have to pretend to be good. You have to sort of go after people. I mean, it can get confusing and mm-hmm. it's all over Zoom and it's gotten yeah. very intense. Have you become a part of a fandom during quarantine? This is this is I don't know if werewolf counts as a fandom, but I'm counting it as like the nerdy thing I've like jumped into. I
1: I do like the idea that the main thing that you're, of like having a group of, I'll say it, friends who like your main I- identification for them is like, oh, you're the werewolf. You're the villager. Like you're the, mm-hmm. you're the town crier. I lost track of my number of, uh, <laughs> I lost the number of things that I could reference from that. Game. No,
0: there's, there's the witch. There's, mm. um, there there's a there's a lot of different things because now they've started our group has started making like homebrew rolls so like there's the medium so you go between dead chat and the game it's a whole thing like it's it's this whole world and there are chaotic players and there are by the book Mm. players um something i've had to work on is um staying calm Because these games get really intense, and
1: yeah,
0: uh, yeah, it's really easy to want to be like, "F you, I was good, you dumbass." <laughs> but um, you know, I again, I don't know any of these people in person. Um, but I've I like made a lot of friends. It's been like a weird comfort. But the, the, so the group started off just like playing werewolf. I really hope someone from the group is still listening to the podcast and like is listening to me spill all the group secrets. But it started off as like a werewolf group and then it got now people like sleep over like with the zoom up. It's become this thing of like quarantine comfort where they'll play like we'll play games and then people will chat and then people will fall asleep with the zoom camera on. They also, you know, play. there's a little bit of Jackbox, and there's this bomb game we play where you have to defuse a bomb with puzzles. Oh, yeah. It's basically just a game night crew. I have friends. I have maybe <laughs> an enemy or two. <laughs> That's I what think- I've gotten into, but what have you gotten into?
1: Oh, I've gotten really – I'm like discovering a newly born relationship as a fan to this – pod, another podcast. Um, called Rude Tales of Magic, which is just a Dungeons and Dragons like storytelling comedy podcast and it is just it's tickling me pink. <laughs> that's a phrase. No, that's great. That's a phrase.
0: <laughs> that seems much healthier um, than me becoming very intimate with this group of friends I've never met.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it has a similar energy to like, leave the Zoom on as I go to sleep type thing. I've um, never but I, fallen yeah, asleep over Zoom. That it. sounds
0: really fun. <laughs> um, yeah, what for the listener listening. Um mm-hmm. I I love talking to the listener. I, I've been doing it more and more every time we record. What if you got in super into? You're always
1: doing it. Can I just say? You're- I'm always
0: just even <laughs> even really when we're not recording yeah. in life. I'm just like the listener. What do you think? And then I look at the wall. Do you want
1: some one-on-one time though? Like if you want some private, I'll take my <laughs> headphones off and you can. You know, if you want to just talk you know to the listener? Funny. And not how it it's be like when I got back from <laughs> when I got
0: back from Survivor. I I spent a month and a half within the game of Survivor. And every time something big happens, you get pulled yeah. for an interview. And a producer will sit you down in front of a camera (laughs) and interview you. And I'm not going to lie, like when you go back into life, because like I was done with the game and I only had one day before they flew us home. And Mm, I remember it was so weird to not have like a camera to talk to after things would happen. Mm-hmm. And like, you do become a little addicted to being like, I'm going to talk out all my thoughts to a producer who at the very least is convincingly pretending to be very interested to my every <laughs> – to like every word I say um, yeah. and ask questions. And you, you're you like – it's intimate, but you like have that camera there so you could be talking to 10 million people. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if the podcast will become a similar thing where I'll become addicted to being like listener.
1: What's up with you? How you yeah. doing? I am curious. I mean, if you find, if you have become a new fan of something, do tell us.
0: Yes, please tell I'm us. I'm a fan of
1: being a fan. We'll
0: at least convincingly yeah. pretend to be interested. Just kidding. We want to know. We wouldn't have asked otherwise. Well,
1: Oh, and I guess whittling. Yeah, that was my other Oh, yeah, thing.
0: you told me you are a wood whittler now.
1: Yeah, my quick, my quick Ron update is that the wood that I was working to whittle was too hard.
0: They you were going to say it was too little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it did get smaller, which I think was a success mm-hmm. for for me as a whittler. But
0: there's a great line yeah. in a future episode of Parks at Rec where a future we skip a ahead and just recap. Character- yeah, we'll just recap <laughs> this. A future character is like trying to build something out of wood, and he's building a stair to nowhere. But then it becomes a cute foot, like a shoe rack. So maybe your too hard wood will. <laughs> Turn into something good Oh gosh Let's get to the episode Oh my gosh This is This is
1: Yeah this The problem free episode I just two, thought, You know We just out. wanted to
0: uh, Will really wanted to mention His wood that was too hard Um yes. Thank So you we know. watched episode two Season two The Stakeout
1: Richard, Written by Rachel Axler I want to start calling out These writers When they write a good one
0: Yeah let's Rachel, do it Rachel But um it. I just want to say I I really enjoyed this episode, and mm-hmm. it's the beginning of one of my b- – b- until we get to the best relationship she has, it's, it's one of my favorite Leslie relationships that begins in uh, this episode. Because for the first time, Leslie is high status to someone, which is the thing I love yeah, the most about this. Point. And we're going to talk about it. But even in future uh, dates, we'll see her go on. She is, she's usually low status. She was low status with Mark. It was like whenever he decided he wanted to try something. She's low status with a lot of the characters, but this is the first real thing where we see a shift in her and we get to see her through the eyes of someone who really is in awe of her pretty quickly.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really, it's a really strong episode. Um, The whole season two, I feel like we're, they just get better and better. Um, And a lot of wonderful character moments. And I'm very much looking forward to talking Mm -hmm. about them. Before we get into this week's recap, Hannah and I wanted to take a moment to give you a quick content warning. This week's episode introduces the character of Dave, a police officer played by Louis C.K. We want to acknowledge this actor's history of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct and let you know that we're taking this into account as we continue to watch the episode season.
0: We often refer to characters by actor names, but for these few episodes, we plan to refer to Louis C.K.'s character only as the character named Dave. We're not experts, but we want to talk about the episode in a way that makes the most people feel comfortable.
1: This episode is a double whammy and also features a police officer harassing a person of color. This moment is played for last in the episode, but it felt important to acknowledge the seriousness of this real-world behavior, especially in the context of the current Black Lives Matter protests.
0: We'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or questions about this episode. Please let us know if you have feelings about how this should be handled moving forward. We love Parks and Rec, and these conversations are a part of podcasting the show.
1: All right. Let's get into the episode.
0: Yeah. So let's jump into it. Will, do you want to start us off with the A story? Real quick, I will say, Mm. when it comes to story structure, last episode, I said that the cold open doesn't have anything to do with the main story. I realized watching this one, that's not necessarily <laughs> true. Uh, it's more just a longer scene that's not cut up. Um, mm. It's done cold. Uh, so this cold open actually does relate to the A story. So I want to point out that I was a little bit, I guess, off in my description. So <laughs> why don't you jump into the A story? I'll help you out as you go, and then I'll take the baby B and the magical C. So so hit us with that a story what is the stakeout about
1: the the a story we start off in the pit as we often do and it seems like maybe this will not only be the second episode of season two but could be the finale leslie has succeeded in creating a park to be fair it's a small community garden but it is green in dirt which
0: that's a park. from to my me. history yeah.
1: that's a park to me What's a part to you? Sound, sound off in the comments. We gotta get a comment section, Hannah. I know. I really wish. <laughs> I re- we're
0: gonna find a way for there to be a comment section. Okay.
1: It's a really fun, uh for the whole episode, Leslie, Tom dynamic. We got him out of the He's office. basically Leslie's just trolls her yeah. for,
0: for most of season one and a little in two. But at least she can bite back a little now. I feel like a later, yeah. like, I feel like Tom's <laughs> main role is... Yeah, like goofing on Leslie, and slowly she's catching on.
1: Yeah, and I think we're realizing too that that Tom has troll, ish troll esque behavior, um, but he also doesn't know everything. So sometimes he'll like he'll make a joke that will then be undercut by virtue of him not coming from a place of knowledge. Yes. <laughs> so they're they're gardening, or Leslie's gardening, and Tom is. Uh, helpfully naming plants um, with vaguely Latinized Latinized. I feel like there's got to be like a spell name for it or something but he's he's coming up with names for all of the vegetables um, just using names of wrappers that Leslie doesn't recognize uh, until there's one that he does recognize and that is a cannabis yes. plant
0: and Leslie Marijuana. believes Hot. right off the bat that it's the, just the tops yeah. of carrots but Tom mm. says no no that's weed
1: yeah, that's weed. But, End of cold open. Things are about to start yeah. heating up. <laughs> so Leslie comes in hot to Ron's office. He's maybe I'll say it more stoic than usual. Yes. He seems pretty pretty stoic in this moment. Um, Leslie comes in. She immediately tells the truth. There's there's pot in the pit. I don't know if they say there's pot in the pit. Seems like a missed opportunity to say pit pot. But I'll take advantage of it. <laughs> So there's Pit Pot. She's found this Pit Pot and she doesn't want the word to get out. She wants to try to get to the bottom of who put the Pit Pot in the pit. Um, And Ron kind of dismisses her, but also doesn't tell her not to do this stakeout, which is we're starting to realize stakeout the name of the episode. Maybe this is, it's all starting to come together. So Leslie stakes out. She gets a van. It's very much a, well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself.
0: No, I think this was a great place to jump to. You think we can go yeah, right to the we can, can, we the can van? go right to it. Yeah.
1: What I skipped was Leslie tells Tom, we should get a van. Okay. Jump back forward. We're in the van that Leslie mentioned to Tom. She brings a stakeout, like a stakeout vibe with, you know how in Fortnite? Yeah. Kids. You can have different skins on characters. This is like a stakeout with a sleepover skin. It's on it. very cute. So she has like candy yeah.
0: necklaces and stuff. I'm realizing part of where you wanted to jump um mm. was to uh to we you know, we didn't know where to put it in um oh my gosh. You know what? I lied again too. The cold open is not Anna. just one scene. It's broken up into two scenes. So maybe Can
1: I jump in quickly and say that you didn't Why you engaged in social (laughs) self-deception?
0: Okay, (laughs) I googled (laughs) this. Cold open is a narrative tactic used in television and films. It is the technique of jumping directly into a story at the beginning of a show before the title sequence or opening credits are shown. I should have used Google the whole time. That's what Wikipedia says. So we all know Wikipedia is always true. Mm. Um, I
1: actually wrote that. I wrote that article.
0: You wrote the article. Part of it's the thing session. that we didn't talk about in the cold open is at the same time that that uh, marijuana is found in the pit, mm, and reefer. from last episode, if you'll remember, uh, it was called um, it was called Pawnee Zoo. Uh, we got a lot of tweets about Pawnee Zoo, but we'll get to that. In Pawnee Zoo, at the end of the episode, a, um, Leslie asks Mark out. For Anne. She basically sets them up. She realizes they both like each other. Mm. And so in this episode, we start where that story left off. This is still part of the A story, even though I'm talking at the moment. Uh, I'm just barging in like a real barger. No, this is your hand
1: too. You know, what's
0: going on simultaneously in the A story is that Anne's about to go on her date with Mark. She's making sure it's okay with Leslie. Leslie is having a whipped cream filled coffee and telling her it's fine. So, where they are on the stakeout is in front of the pit, and also Anne's house, where Mark that night will be taking Anne on a date. Mm-hmm. So keep going with your candy so stakeout. Back. Now we're back. That That's was the very, thing very that, that yeah. was I think missing from the you know the A story is the key element.
1: Yeah, crucial, crucial. crucial. That's the little. The gossip that will soon if be discussed. None of this
0: is making sense because we've told you it in so many parts. Just let us know now. <laughs> um, but to, to recap, Mark and Ann are going on a date. Leslie says she's fine. Weed in the garden. Now they're staking out the garden and a date. All right, keep going.
1: Perfect. That was a recap, recap. Yeah. Listener. Now, You're welcome. if you didn't <laughs>
0: understand that, weed, stakeout. Garden date. You know, it's like that improv yeah. game where you have to go shorter and shorter in time in your scenes.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're in the van. The fun little, fun little back and forth between Leslie and Tom. A little racist.
0: We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Leslie's got her, her fancy camera out. They see someone, a figure entering the pit. Quickly discover it is, in fact, Andy. Going down into the pit. So, and they got the photos, some blurry photos to prove it. Um, Andy, they confront him. It turns out, you know, he's just been living down there, eating the the produce, a real healthy turn to his diet. Um, They realize that he, they take him into the van. He devours an entire candy necklace, string and all. They're also trying to sort of keep from him the the realization that uh Anne has moved on and is going yes. on at least one. Because while well,
0: Leslie is jealous of Mark. Yeah. I mean, jealous about Mark. Andy is yeah. made it very clear that the reason he's living in the pit is so if Anne wants him back, he can be back at her house in two seconds, because the pit is in front yeah. of the house.
1: So this is a big this is a wrench in that place. Yes. So they gotta get they gotta get Andy some real food. The yeah. only high so far in this episode is a sugar high. So they take Andy, they're gonna go get some burgers, leaving Tom alone with the van. He does a very human thing, which I have done multiple times, and he locks himself out. What do you think is gonna happen, Anna?
0: Okay, you asked me to continue the story. Did you forget?
1: No, I'm just saying, what do you think could happen after someone locks themselves out of a van?
0: So, Tom is jimmying his way back (laughs) into the van, and Ann and Mark drive home at that exact moment. They see Tom, but they don't recognize him Mm. because he's wearing Leslie's hood. So, they see this guy. They call the cops because they think someone's breaking into a van. That's when Dave shows up. Dave the cop is introduced Mm -hmm. into the world of Parks and Rec.
1: Yeah. He quickly escalates the situation, doesn't believe that. Tom I know I didn't play the guessing game r- you
0: wanted me to play, but I don't no, no, I don't we think it, yeah. we <laughs> have time to both tell the A story and then have me guess and pretend I don't know the yeah. A story.
1: So I'm a big fan of fanfic. I was also trying to, you know, multiple universes telling multiple stories.
0: <laughs> so Dave shows um,
1: up. He confronts Tom. Tom is like, it's okay, this is my van. Um Dave doesn't believe him. Um, and forcibly uh, wrestles Tom out of the car. And also, takes him to, to be jail. clear,
0: Tom gets real yeah. sassy. He calls him Paul Blart, Moral cop. He's he, you know, he does antagonize Dave. We got to yeah, not a make crime. Doesn't deserve it. It's n- <laughs> it's not a crime. <laughs> but um, Tom gets arrested. Long story short,
1: Tom gets arrested. Leslie comes. Leslie back shows This up. is a funny
0: moment because everything happens at it is once. A good moment. Leslie comes yeah. back. Andy has just found out that Mark and Anne are on a date. Mark and Mm. Anne start approaching her. Andy sees, like, they're coming and dives back into the pit. So, Leslie- It's
1: it's like a perfectly executed farce moment. Where Leslie finds
0: out that Tom has been taken by the police while watching Andy dive into the pit. Like, lots of things happen at once.
1: Mm -hmm. And she has to see sort of the scenario that she wanted to avoid with Mark and Anne together. Uh yeah, it's just it's a perfect storm. So, Leslie gets out of there in the van we presume, um goes goes to the police station and tries to get her friend out of jail where he's been wrongfully imprisoned, um and has a a very fun scene with Dave where she tries to use, you know, her her governmental power to uh to get Tom released and it it appears to not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but there's there's some fun back and forth I always want to stress the moments when there's a fun little back and forth I'll leave the rest up to your imagination she spends the night Tom is released in the morning they go out into the day Leslie has a surprisingly again as Hannah mentioned at the top of the app high stakes sweet moment with Dave where he reveals that he is into her he gets that he's cute And he also reveals that it isn't marijuana. It is the tops of carrots. And I will say we have one of the
0: best Tom moments, maybe in the series, Uh, where Leslie is like, I hope that Mark is at his home. I hope that Anne is in her home, inferring I hope they didn't go home together. You know, she's not flat out saying I'm upset. But she told Tom earlier in the episode that she had rejected Mark's kiss. And Tom stops her and goes, Mark is a jerk. You deserve better. And I just think it's a great Tom moment where he picks up what the whole night was about and tells her she deserves better, which you know what? She does. We've been saying it on the podcast. She didn't listen to us. So I'm glad she listened to Tom.
1: Yeah. We've been screaming it years in the future. (laughs) All
0: right. I'm going to. No, it's really sweet. It's a great great thing. We're going to dive into it, but I'm going to real quick do the little B and C. The Mm -hmm. B story, Ron is back in the B story. And. It's a great B story. You know, here's the thing. I still miss, you know, Ron being sent at the center of what's happening a little bit more. But I love this B story yeah. because it's the beginning of uh, Ron and April. We've talked about how characters pairing up uh, for the first time can be really fun. And Ron and April mm-hmm. throughout the series has a beautiful friendship. So I love – they do. They just have, a like, a lovely dynamic. Uh, so Ron has a hernia. Uh, he's had it for a while. I googled, apparently you can have a hernia for like 10 years. <laughs> I'd be fine. <laughs> I did research for my B story. Um, but he sneezed, which made it suddenly extremely painful. So the reason mm. why when Leslie barged in to, to talk about the tops of carrots, that he was so stiff was because every time he moves, he's in extreme pain
1: remember from before remember
0: um so oh yes ron did get to dip into the a story uh so (laughs) april comes in and he asks her to get him lunch and she's like oh you want me to order you lunch and he's like no pass it to me and it's on his desk she Mm -hmm. realizes oh he's in extreme pain
1: it's really it's like he's in one of those finger traps you know where you put your your finger where his his pride and his own masculinity and Mm -hmm. his strength well is keeping him stuck in this situation yeah, cuz he can't very ask for a private help. person.
0: Yeah. Um and mm. you know I think I realized watching the B story too. They needed a story that had that took place at night. Um I think part of the creation of this B story, the stakeout is all mm. night and so they needed a reason that Ron we were seeing Ron at night. And the reason is he can't move from his desk chair. Um so he yeah. he ends up there at night. This guy cleaning comes by and is like, oh, working late? And he's he says yes, and he just stares off. The only way to see Ron at work at night is if he physically can't leave. That's what I love about yeah. the Bee story. Is like there's no reason he'd be working late. He never works yeah. late. So April comes back way after work. It's nighttime. And she says, "I I I picked up on something being bad. She throws a highlighter at his face, which is really funny. She says, catch, and he doesn't move. Then she starts asking him what's wrong. Uh, I love
1: when you describe physical comedy bits. It really, it really, it really makes it more. It fun. just hits harder. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Well, you know, this episode was funny, I guess, but it's better when I'm just describing the physicality. Um. Not a hair on his mustache can move. Um. So she says that she'll help him. The children's book. Yeah. Um, but she has to go home first to get her dad's van and she has to wait till mm. he's asleep to then steal the van and come back. And so he really is there for a
1: while. There's really a van heavy episode. Van heavy, I think it's, yes. I think it's a station wagon, but station wagons are vans. She said van. In the hierarchy. Okay.
0: Do you not believe me?
1: I'll let we'll, no, we'll put this what? in the no, little I'm jar that look we have. Right now
0: I'm gonna put subtitles we'll put on put This in a little jar no, of disagreements. No, we're gonna, There's a lot of money riding on it. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go or to, doing it live? no, I'm gonna do it live. I'm gonna reveal that I am right live. I think it might be station wagon. I saw the word station wagon. I think you might be winning this moment. oh my gosh, this is horrible mm.
1: Well so not- we
0: gotta get back to it. um so she there's this really funny physical comedy bit that's gonna be funnier because I'm describing it where when she finally gets the station wagon van, she mm. comes <laughs> she he goes it's time to leave i'm I can do it. And she takes his desk chair and, like, pulls him down the hallway, getting him out of there. Um, And, you know, Ron and April work for a lot of reasons. Uh, But it really – he claims he hired her because she doesn't do a lot of work and he doesn't like government employees that do work. But I think Mm. that – I think she loves – unconventional people and she loves in an unconventional way and this is our first time seeing it where you know maybe a different boss would be like wouldn't tell the 19 year old intern to go steal her dad's station wagon van but right right yeah it's a great b story we really get to see you know they're both really funny they're both characters with really clear filters already um and so it's fun to see them together um, but that's yeah. the B story. We don't see what where he goes. We don't. We don't have a hospital scene with them. I mean, I wish we then saw you know her taking out his hernia. That's not how hernias work. I googled that you could live can for ten right years, yeah. but I don't what
1: and beyond. I don't think your life doesn't end after ten years. You can live with it for ten years, right? Yeah, it can last for ten years. Yes. So it's not at the end of ten years. Um, you're out until
0: you. Cut, and then the C story is really fun. We both laughed a lot. Um, so Donna and Jerry go jet skiing. Um, -hmm. they go to Lake, um, Lake Pawnee, uh, and so, so, so Donna buys these, these jet skis for the two of them. And Jerry goes, you know, we really shouldn't be jet skiing. And Donna Mm -hmm. goes, what are you a wimp? It's a great Donna line, her, what are you a wimp? And they go jet skiing, but the string breaks on Jerry's jet ski and he ends up stuck in the middle of the lake. Um, but he actually rescues a dolphin in the middle of the lake, and that's the sea story. Did you like it?
1: Yeah, I think I when you were describing it to me, I think maybe I missed it watching some of it the first time, but a lot of it is like implied, and a lot of the jokes in the A and B storylines just hit harder knowing that. Where Donna that and Jerry, Jerry are. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, yeah, the yeah, middle
0: yeah. of the night where he he mm-hmm. he ends up, the string is cut and he's stuck in the lake. I didn't expect the dolphin, but it really makes sense when you watch it through.
1: Yeah, we might learn that a lot of the sea stories, you know, we kept promising them to you and, and they kept being sort of hard to find, so I think a lot of the sea stories um in future episodes could just be different attempts to kill off Jerry the character um that don't maybe don't pan out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I really just found it to really round out the episode. I think when you know, when April um yeah, everyone really, everything is really
1: tied into it. Yeah, they're out there on the lake.
0: And they he's call He's in the middle them. of the lake when this yeah, is happening. Well they, Jerry calls them so they all know he's there. I think that's why everyone's stressed out all episode.
1: I am a fan of this episode. I think the moment that you pointed out that shows some of its strengths is just sort of like how everything comes to a head with uh, when when Leslie discovers that Tom has been arrested, mm-hmm. um, and we see I I just think it's a beautifully crafted episode where everyone is sort of, you know, faced with their worst fears <laughs> in this moment in the context of this episode and has to like deal with them in in a pretty funny way. Um yeah, and I think I think uh Dave as a character is is really funny and yeah. sort of, like, embodying these very, Well, my, yeah.
0: Like I said, my favorite, up top, my favorite thing about Dave is that um he's the first person that I can think of that really, not immediately, like he said at first, he didn't like her, but once he understands mm-hmm. who she is, seems really intimidated by her and, like, in a way that's, like, he's so impressed with her and he decides that she is a, a person that, that deserves that very quickly, mm-hmm. and it makes the audience go, oh, yeah. I think it's something about Mark treating her so badly in the first season, not even remembering hooking up, having to like be like, oh, yeah, I guess. And not to, I mean, spoiler alert, Dave isn't around the rest of the series, but another person she'll go on some dates with, Um, she's also sort of chasing, and I get that that mm-hmm. is... um. And, and uh, you know, trying to, uh, having a main character trying to impress someone is very funny, but also watching a guest character be like, oh, this is someone who deserves to be try to be impressed yeah. is also really sweet. And I think, you know, we talk about how she's like moving away from Michael Scott. I think she has some Michael scott moments in this episode, but I think this is the first time we're like, oh, she's not Michael Scott.
1: Mm-hmm. Not the first time, but like
0: a big. (laughs) uh, Not the first time, but a a big time, especially. That's Amy Poehler (laughs) uh, when (laughs) when uh, Dave is like, uh, "This is a police matter," and she goes, "Well, it doesn't seem to matter to the police." And he goes, "Well, that was that was clever." Like there are just these little things of like, "Oh, we can see why he likes her," and we can also see why like she's an intimidating person to like. I mean, she's smart and funny and. There are a lot of- Beautiful. Beautiful. She's a hottie. We really (laughs) get a sense of Amy Poehler's body in this episode. Um, No, I just think it's really beautiful after the way she was treated in the first season in the love department to start season two off with someone who's just like in awe of her.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I think is a lot of the character, a lot of the Dave character's weaknesses match up with her strengths. And I think, you know, intentionally casting uh, casting him in the role of a police officer, ops- of, like, an authority figure, you know, like, total control. And we see him, like, exercising that authority and being, like, really forcible, but then have it being, you know, totally disarmed with Leslie. Yeah. Like, I think that the like power dynamic is. I also
0: think Dave is a character that immediately has a clear filter as well. I think anytime we're introduced to a character like Joan Calamezzo last episode where Mm. they're just, they feel like full characters and full people. And for a season one that took a lot of time to warm up in certain areas, it's fun that season two, we start off with Joan Calamezzo and now Dave, two characters who you just know who they are.
1: Yeah. And I think we it, it sort of starts a tradition of just incredibly well formed, featured, like yes. guest starring roles. You know, I, and yeah. some who become like recurring roles. But it's just I think it was a write- I think this show is so good at that. It was yeah. a
0: writing class or an improv class where I was we were learning that like if you have a character with a filter, you can drop them anywhere and know how they'll react. Like if you think about mm. I don't know why I'm switching shows to do this, but if you think about like the characters and <laughs> friends. And you put donuts on the table. You know how each of those characters are going to react to the donuts. You just know yeah. because they're they're they're
1: Kramer's going to come busting in and grabbing the donuts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Elaine is going to no, yeah, classic friends. <laughs> um, but no, I think they're friends.
1: <laughs> Every show is friends, just like all vans are station wagons. Go on.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, the I think it's just really fun and surprising, and it also feels like not only does she deserve someone who is going to chase her now, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a brutal episode if you think about it. It's like her best friend, like she says to Dave, is going on a date with her ex-lover who we've watched her be in love with all season one. And for that to be the episode that the writers give her a new love interest, I think is sweet. Mm -hmm. It's like the payoff at the end.
1: Yeah. And and I think there's something fun about i don't know why i said fun maybe this isn't fun you decide but there's something cool about having um you know having a character who says who says how they feel but still feels a different way right Where, where like at the top of the episode leslie says she's totally fine with it but she isn't but then the episode lets her get to that place with the help of tom
0: yeah, you mentioned really it's, loving this Tom- Tom. it's, it's yeah. It just it's such a great moment with Tom. And I think even the joke that comes after it, where he's like, she's like, thanks, Tom, and grabs his arm. And he's like, whoa, not with me. I don't find it creepy. I find it funny yeah. where he's like,
1: makes
0: well, it's her kind of the he filter
1: thing that you were saying. Earlier, it where it's like, that's his filter for everything.
0: Yeah, you know? but I also just think, you know, he he directly tells her she deserves better, but then like doesn't let her sit in that in that pain and like makes her laugh immediately like i just think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i think that this is a really um good tom episode i mean you do have the classic tom it's like every episode like last episode with the penguins he has to like try to force himself onto anne while she dances sober and this episode Mm -hmm. he has this gross bit where he's talking about how mark gets with everyone and does this thrusting motion. And it's just really a lot. Um, so, you know, every episode has a moment with Tom that is mm-hmm. questionable. But I do think, too, like, because it's outside of work, it feels more like a friendship, even when mm. he's teasing her. Like, I don't know if she's paying him overtime for this or what the deal is, <laughs> but it feels like, no, he asked, she asked him to do this thing, and he's in the van with
1: her. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's I mean there's a sort of the the core thesis I think of this not core thesis. I keep things can things don't have to be so extreme well. Um but I think I think this episode highlights that the whole show also really highlights is you know the more time you spend with someone the more Like the more human they become, you know, so I think even just in season two with Tom, there's something of we're not seeing all the time they're spending in the van together. But we we believe that because of the time they spent in the van, because of the time they spent, you know, Leslie waiting for him in the jail to get released, um, it it creates a kind of friendship. That I think happens a lot in offices where yeah. it's like, I would never have been friends with this person I guess he's like if her, I didn't work 40 hours a week He's like her yeah.
0: executive assistant or something. So maybe it is part of his job. So bad at his job. So bad. <laughs> but I just, I do think, you know, we've seen a lot of Tom Leslie being paired up. Um, yeah. And because Leslie is more capable than she was in season one, because they've given mm. her some 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 more positive strengths. Um or just strengths—they don't know, uh, you know, <laughs> negative or positive. Uh, you know, his teasing feels less mean. It doesn't. He's still trolling her, but it feels slightly like she's more capable of handling it. So their friendship mm-hmm. is becoming more clear. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I I also want to talk about something I really want to talk about before we get to some of these town halls is. We got to talk about Mark on this date with Anne because in in season two, episode one, the last episode, the writers had Mark fall into the pit and the, the result, well, he fell into the pit at the end of season one, but the result was, oh, he hit his head and he's so much nicer.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: in this episode, he goes on a date with Anne and his new character is sort of like, very dorky, almost as if they're like, okay, we'll make him very awkward, very dorky. People tend to like that. Um, and I don't know, I want to ask you because, on the one hand, I understand because he's
1: I'm a keep in mind that I'm a dorky, likable guy, so whatever you say, <laughs> I might take pretty personally.
0: Um, well, I, I this is not against dorky, likable guys, this is a, it's a question logistically. In season one, he mm-hmm. was he was painted as sort of a I almost said Lothario, is that right? Like a I I think so. Like a guy who slept around a lot. And I understand that you can still, when you actually like someone, be that kind of guy, you know, very smooth with the ladies. But when you like someone, you become dorkier. At the same Mm -hmm. time, it's hard for me to reconcile that a guy who, you know, met Shauna Malway Tweep and then immediately went home with her. Like on this date, he can't even kiss her goodnight. He like kisses her on her cheek and like, She's like, oh, you almost kissed me. It's just so dorky of like, I don't even know how to touch you on a date. And it's just, I get that they, no, I I get it. Dorky, nerdy, guys, great. I'm just his sudden shift into one. I'm not sure I buy. So do you buy it or because you can be good with women, but also bad when you really like someone? Or do you not, do you feel like it's too big a jump?
1: I, I buy it. Okay. And here's why. <laughs> I I think and I think I also partially buy it because then it makes the show more fun for me, but I buy that he in the pit bleeding after, you know, being kind of like skeevy with Leslie and just yeah, a douche. <laughs> um not the douche, which we'll get to later. Uh I buy that he took that you know the literal rock bottom kind of moment and realized that realized that he was alone and and I think in the in Pawnee Zoo he says you know like and single but I think the another way of thinking about that is he realized that he was really alone and that even though he he had kind of like a playbook of how to like hook up with whoever he wanted in Pawnee he realized that that wasn't that wasn't satisfying like this deeper part of him. And so I think there's this thing of, like, he has to reinvent the playbook. It's sort of like people say that, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. But I think he realized that his wheel was taking him somewhere he didn't want to go. So he is – and maybe he's been behaving that way, you know, if there's ever a prequel series, if they bring back Mark, and it's sort of like a Better Call Saul scenario, and it's Mark as a teen, a hot teen in Pawnee. um,
0: Played by Rob Lowe.
1: (laughs) Played by – played by – a de-aged Rob Lowe. (laughs) Hashtag the Irishman. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of my take on it, is that he actually is like, is unlearning all the toxic masculinity. I get
0: that. I guess I just like, with Shadamalway Tweep, he sleeps with her, and then she wants to keep dating, and he doesn't. So it's Mm. like, it's not like the way he's been operating means he can't have relationships. It's just a big jump for me, I guess. Like when we see Jim... On the office, which again, we've talked about how I think the show wanted mm. Mark to be a Jim-esque character. We believe mm. Jim's dorkiness because while women are clearly into him, the way he approaches it is with always with such humbleness. And I mean, he has his bad moments too, you know, when he's in love with Pam. He doesn't always treat his the people he dates with uh, respect, but... Um, like
1: Anne. No, like
0: Katie. <laughs> oh, and and like Anne, of course. <laughs> like, um, I was thinking Katie, the purse girl, but also, yes, like yeah, Karen, of too. course. Um, but no, there's just something... I'm curious what the listeners think, because there's, there was just... I, I Listen, I really like this version of Mark, of like, mm. you know, he can't pick up on Anne's jokes, and he, like, doesn't know how to kiss her goodnight, and I enjoy it I, I just struggle yeah i struggle
1: my other theory just to remind everyone is that during the last episode hannah and i were pretty sure that they were going to go see the documentary food oh Inc.
0: so maybe so it was just some so of that awkward, is just because they had yeah. watched food Inc. for a couple hours i think
1: they they went in maybe not not doing their full you know they both wanted to watch the documentary but i bet they had like a steak for dinner and were both kind of like racked with guilt afterwards yeah. they both had meat on their breath yeah and it's i think just like, that the you know. date
0: awkwardness you're right it's a hundred percent because the food documentary That's they saw food was ink. food ink yeah i mean i really i as opposed to other episodes to come in season mm. two where i don't buy the emotional um the emotional intent behind the mark scenes i do i do like this the scenes i feel like their date awkwardness is cute it's just yeah it's just a difficult jump for me between like This guy who meets a woman and immediately is able to sleep with her versus, like, not knowing what to do with himself.
1: Here's another part of it. Yeah. Is that I think Mark's weakness is that he doesn't let people see how vulnerable he is. And Anne saw him at his most vulnerable. She was like taking care of him in the hospital. You're really she was.
0: Ble- you know? I'm really buying into this. You're really. I feel like what the show needed was at the end of the episode, Will to pop up and sort of explain yeah. why. It cuts it to works. me in
1: an armchair by a fire.
0: Yes. You're
1: probably wondering how we got here. It's my old kind of old man, I a love dusty it. book. I for really some reason. feel like you've yeah.
0: convinced me. Um, has Will convinced you? Let us know. I want to continue the conversation, but I want to do it with some of you so let's jump into some of these town halls um starting with uh brian d um and and then continue the conversation but do it with town halls mixed in um yeah i I, I, i love what we've talked about so far i there's you know season two gets so good that i feel like we're not we may not talk about your favorite part of the episode in depth and if we don't please write in and ask us be like I really want to hear you discuss Andy's long stare from the pit after he realizes she's dating someone. Like, yeah. whatever it is.
1: I would love to hear, like, favorite moments. Yes. Because I think that, yeah. Please let us have, know. If you have a favorite moment that we missed, come at us.
0: All right. So we're going to hear from Brian D. Hey, Hannah
1: and Will. This is Brian from Muncie, Indiana. First off, Hannah. I wanted to say that you are not alone and that I also am cursed with knowing every Parks and Rec quote as well. I did have a question for you both, though. Has Leslie's political views shifted from season one to season two? We see her make awkward remarks about Tom apparently being from Libya, and we also see her make similar remarks about the Wamapoke using every part of the Pioneer. Then, in this episode, we see Leslie stumble into and embrace the gay community of Pawnee, because of the Penguin Wedding, and then defends them and the Penguins on Joan Calamezzo's TV show. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks.
0: Thanks for calling in, Brian Brian D. Um yeah, you would have question. known that it was a station wagon, not a fan. <laughs> I'm never gonna live this down. That's a great, really thoughtful question. Will, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, so so thinking about maybe how her politics change between seasons, I I think some of it also first i think it's a show about people changing and i think i think there is truth in that we're watching her grow and be, and you know grow into not just a better politician but a better person uh and so i i think there's definitely some truth to that i think there's also um the it feels like maybe the writers and the show <laughs> The show has its own, you know, thing—living, breathing organism—is um, learning how to let Leslie be on the right side and have the joke come from the town.
0: Yeah, I was gonna um, say yeah. the 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 Libya joke, which which is racist, um, is or not the her saying it, it, it. What is what I'm saying? It feels we talked about in season one. There's this moment of. Her handing out sunblock and then saying that Tom doesn't Mm -hmm. need any, which felt so weird, not only because some PA had to go out and buy a bunch of sunblock for this one bad joke, but it feels like some of these racial things between her and Tom, to me, feels like a leftover Michael Scott trait, where Michael Scott um, very much has this... Put it lightly, awkward relationship to race, especially in early seasons of The Office, and it feels like they grow Leslie out of this. Um, mm. And in terms of the Wamapoke opener, we talked about it in an earlier episode. Usually, they get it right, where the, the the joke is a commentary on how many atrocities there were, and for some reason, this joke was mm. reversed. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily her politics changing because she always feels, even though she has women of all political affiliations in her office, she feels more the um, honestly more the Democrat to Ron's Libertarian uh, um, mm. partnership opposition of views. Uh, but let us know what you think, Brian D. This is an interesting thing. It also makes me sad because I think one of the funniest lines in the episode uh, in the van is. Right after this sort of uncomfortable moment, where Tom says that he (laughs) changed his name uh, to get by in politics, and she's like, "Well, what about Barack Obama?" And he's like, "Well, if I had known, it's just a really funny Barack Obama joke."
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, what
0: do you think? I mean, I think it's more. Yeah, for me, it's like a. It's it feels like a Michael Scott leftover.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of. uh, I think a lot of the humor, or even like narrative points as with like uh, accidentally marrying the gay penguins um, in the first episode of the season. I think a lot of those jokes are also sort of holdovers of her being not totally capable um, of, of her being a little bit more just of like fumbling in her job. And I think the more capable she becomes the, the fewer moments of her like stepping in it. Right. In In terms of, uh, a question of like race or, uh, yeah, uh, gender equality or something. Like I think, yeah, I think her getting better at her job, um, also makes some of those elements start to kind of fade into the background. And I think the writers learn to give those jokes to other characters, <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe not give them at all. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you, Brian D, for calling in. Uh, next, we're hearing from Alyssa. Also, Brian D. was from Indiana, which is very exciting, since the show's in Indiana. Alyssa!
1: Hi, Hannah and Will. My name is Alyssa. I am a huge fan of Sides and Swings, but this is my first time watching through Parks and Recreation. I was really surprised at the start of Season 2 they didn't kill off the Ron Swanson character. Why do you think that is? It gave Catherine Tate's character such motivation for the remainder of Sides and Swings. I was really surprised. I'd love to hear your take on it as screenwriters. Thanks.
0: Alyssa, thank you so much for calling in. It is true. In the Slides and Swings version, part of Catherine Tate's motivation is that the Ron Swanson character dies and gets buried in the pit. So the mm. the park, building the park- Assumed,
1: assumed dies. I, I mean, I think I feel really like there are fan theories where it's like, does he actually die at the end? Right. Yes, he but gets the crushed assumed, by a mountain the, of dirt. The,
0: well, the assumption yeah. is that he dies, gets buried in the pit, and so the park is building the park on top of where he died. It's a very- mm. Yeah, Alyssa, thank you so much for. Do you think that? I mean, again, Slides and Swings are, is a much darker show.
1: It's a much darker show, but I, I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing in like season two of Parks and Rec when the there's sort of this conscious, this like conscious decision to, to you know, let's start doing things our own way. You know, let's make our own, let's really make our own show, and not have Ron, um, yeah, be buried alive in the pit. Yeah. Well,
0: Agreed. Yeah, presumably. Although there is the you know in the in the finale of slides and swings, there is that. That's where the fan theory is born. Is that he didn't actually? They thought it was too brutal to be buried alive, and yeah. so they show him at the. Well, there's pub. a figure. You there's see a figure, figure but at it's, the
1: pub, it's covered in dirt. Him. It's, yeah.
0: I feel like he faked his death to motivate leslie to build the park i don't think he actually i mean i'm in the camp of slides and swingers that i I believe the figure is him
1: yeah i yeah i I mean it's honestly it's been a while since i've watched it just because my you know my british my british vhs player broke and it's just been really hard to watch old tapes but
0: but thank you alyssa for calling in please call in with more uh slides and swings thoughts alyssa because we loved hearing from you next is connor young from norman oklahoma as we know
1: hey hannah will this is connor young calling in from norman oklahoma this week i kind of wanted to talk about the jokes that leslie made towards tom specifically regarding where he's really from if this was in 2020 these jokes would really not air very well. But however, in 2009, it kind of illuminates a different society or a place that our society was in when it terms, um, comes to race relations. Um, I just think it's kind of interesting during this rewatch to see kind of how the jokes have evolved over time, either good or bad. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this matter. Thank you.
0: Kana, you're reading our brains since we sort of already just discussed this a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah. it's interesting to discuss whether... Whether you know, because I feel like people use the excuse all the time of like, well, that was just the times. But it's like, no, even back then, this was sort of you're accusing this character of having this these race blind spots. Um, but I do understand that now there are discussions that are at the forefront where it becomes a lot heavier. Like we talked about, what do you think, Will?
1: yeah I think there's i mean one one cool thing is that it it putting you know putting something like that in the show when the show is airing means that we get to talk about it now through through everything that we've learned and through our current lens and so I think there's certainly i don't know I think there's a a huge value to having a twenty two minute comedy show that can that can spark conversations like Hannah and I have with each other and like we get to have with you um so just to say I think there's a value in that um I yeah I also think there's um it, it's interesting rewatching it now and and seeing the opportunity. Opportunity, I think for growth within the character and there is something of it being like the show is set in Indiana right and and there's you know a small town in Indiana and and Leslie is kind of like growing out of certain beliefs I think yeah I would also um,
0: say that you know we give Tom a lot of slack for and he and deserved a lot of the time um but it gets explored in future episodes uh, what he's had to go through um, being uh, not white in Indiana um, and what and how that's shaped his persona and his um, you know he has a very specific way of wanting to appear cool and there's an episode in the future where one of the characters retires and he uh basically Tom um isn't cool for an episode and talks about mm-hmm. why that's so important to him, and a lot of it ties into how he grew up um and yeah. so I think having it's just it just kind of hurts Leslie being the one to show us this um mm-hmm. because that's not the Leslie that you know she evolves into, but um, I think it's, it's it makes sense that this this line bumped for us and for a lot of the voicemails. So thank you yeah. for calling in. Uh, the, before we get to some tweets, we have one more from Anonymous.
1: Hey, Will and Hannah, sports
0: guy dad here. Uh, Will and Hannah, with all your knowledge about sports, I wondered if you could make a prediction about which, whether hockey, professional hockey, will be the only of the four major U.S. sports to complete their COVID season. Yes or no? Love to hear your answer because press your sports advice. I'm gonna go just, with yes.
1: <laughs> you are go with yes. They're gonna complete it. I just had this sudden. Nightmare scenario where your dad is is like making a lot of high stakes gambling decisions based, based on off our of- <laughs> advice.
0: Also, I like the you know he makes me call him Sports Guy Dad now. Every time I see Whoa. him, I have to go. Hey, Sports Guy Dad.
1: Is he like Dad was my father? I'm Sports Guy Dad. Is yeah, of- <laughs> it kind of yeah, Dad?
0: I'm going to go with yes. Uh, they will be Neither the only man. sport that will complete their COVID season. What are you going to go with? No, just to really confuse his gambling.
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to go with no, so it's truly a coin flip. Yeah, I
0: love this so much, um, Dad. Sports Guy, Dad, thank you so much for calling. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> thank um, you, Sports Guy, Dad. To get to some tweets, we had three people tweet us uh, the same story, but I'm going to go with the first person who tweeted the story, which was um, Paul Murphy. It was the story, last episode, uh, Leslie married two male penguins. This, uh, so a couple people tweeted this in. Apparently in Spain, two female penguins, Electra and Viola. um, Oh, yeah. They became the first penguins that we know of to basically adopt. the, um, uh, The aquarium keepers gave them an egg and they sat on it um in in the way that protects the egg not like smush it uh and they ha- are <laughs> starting to raise or <laughs> they're starting to raise this baby penguin so there has been a same sex penguin uh so uh, love story so thank you so much to Paul Murphy and then let's see there are a couple of people sent it in uh Stanley sent it in call me Stan uh and Benjamin and then we have um a tweet from MJ jazook who has tweeted us before thanks for tweeting us again she says first off wow ron made the b story second (laughs) anyone feel else feel as if we're getting a lot more complex characteristic sides to ron as a secondary character than say mark uh, mark Brandanowitz? why are we meeting a a ron in need before woodworking divorced off the grid ron she says also what would your go-to stakeout candy be or is. Ooh, assuming we stake out. Um, I think first off, Ron is a character with such a clear filter that we sort of know that he's, you know, we know who he is. So we get mm-hmm. deeper layers of him quickly because we because he's so clear. And yes, there are some core characteristics we'll learn about later. But was I, at least in my opinion, with someone like Mark, there's so much time figuring out who he is that we don't. <laughs> That's you know it's more like them trying to solve who mark is because he's not working where with Ron and April we just know who they are so we get to see deeper layers. What do you think about that first part of the question?
1: Yeah, I think seeing seeing sort of his soft underbelly in this in this scene is is also a way of exploring all the characteristics that we already know about him, right? Of like seeing seeing him when he can't move at all, <laughs> <laughs> when he can't sort of like display, you know, his uh, I'll say it, virility. Uh, I think is a, is a way of like sort of stripping him to his core yeah. and like reassuring the audience: this is who this guy is. You know, he's to quote him, he's Ron fucking Swanson. He,
0: I think it's a great. Yeah, we see the strongest character that we know in the most vulnerable position. I think that's a great observation. Mm. Also, my go to stakeout candy, like my always go to candy, Sour Patch all the way, baby.
1: Okay, I'm a nerd. I'm, I was nerds. Nerd rope. If I'm if I'm with if I'm doing a stakeout with a family that has a cupboard dedicated to snacks. If I'm alone, I'll go Reese's Pieces.
0: I mean, I also like Swedish fish. Basically, any sour candy, though. Um, although warheads, even just saying the word warhead, my mouth. Yeah. Um, got. Uh, yeah, I was mean, a juicy, but you that's... You just dropped
1: a bomb and... You just juiced everybody's mouth. Yeah, think guy.
0: about warheads. Um, MJ, these were two really <laughs> great questions. Thank you so much. We also had Jess... Jess East uh, tweeted to say we, we last episode I said Ron Swanson and Raymond Holt we were comparing characters between Brooklyn 99 the office and Parks and Rec but I couldn't figure mm. out the, the the um the office one and I had said Angela but she said Ron uh, uh, to be similar to be clear she said Ron Swanson Raymond Holt and Stanley Hudson and then continued I can't believe you didn't think of this one he is such a serious uh, manner unless it's pretzel mm. day and i think this is the perfect third person a pair in this group where they're so yeah. stoic um and composed again until it's something they're really excited about i think that's a great write-in
1: they live by a code they live by a know, code a very a specific code.
0: Co- code um please continue to tweet at us at Radio Pawnee, send us voicemails. Speakpipe dash Pawnee Public Radio. There were no new emails this week, but the email is Town Hall at uh, PawneePublicRadio uh, We're gonna hit the last way that you can write in, which is the best way: five star reviews. If you write a five star review, we have to read it.
1: Yeah, it's a law. It's legally binding. Here we go.
0: Do you want to start us off? We'll read two more this week.
1: Nothing would make me happier. This five-star review is from Cone Fetty, titled The Best Type of Podcast. Thank you so much. Cone says, this is the best type of podcast. They are the type of co-hosts that won't make the foolish mistake of forgetting that the essence of the game is about the cones. End of review. Love it's it. It's all about We're the cones. We're so into
0: it. Thank you for writing in. We'll reveal what all that means. When we get there, like four seasons later. Thank you so much for sending us a five star review. Uh, the, the next one is from Rob657688. Eight, eight. I feel like I'm reading this social. 689865.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm calling it as you do this too.
0: Um, <laughs> the title is Hell Yes. And it just says Hannah and Parks, four exclamation points. Thank you so much, Rob657688. 689865. Um, thank you. When, you. when you send us a five-star review, it it's not just warming of our heart. It really helps us bump it up on the Apple podcast list. And so it means so much. Uh mm-hmm. plus, we just love your weird messages that we have to read. Weird but good. Um, Will, we've come to the yeah. end of our episode. About the episode of TV. Once again, our ep- podcast episode is longer than the episode itself.
1: Yeah, but that's but okay. I think we we knew that going into this thing. Yeah, as that we a, would have a hard a time reminder, sticking to it. Like, we're using a cool perks, minutes.
0: like when you talk about TV with a friend to talk about our life as well and tell stories and be weird. So uh, we hope.
1: And I that's okay. I'll also say. I mean, think about think about how much bang for your buck you got this time. You got a recap. You got that recap, recap, and you even got the one the like one word per beat recap recap. Recap. So, I mean, this the episode was packed.
0: Well, this has been so fun. I'm loving season two. Something to look forward to is we have a few special guests on the roster now. Um, I don't want to drop too many hints about the guests, but let me see if I can think of like little things that like maybe people will pick up on. Okay, one lady is really funny. Yeah. One guy That's good. is really loved. One person Yeah. has a dry sense of humor. And one And
1: one person is standing right behind you. <laughs> okay.
0: Be <laughs> that was great. <laughs> That'd be a good guess. Uh, I hope that riddle helps. We're so excited to have guests on uh, we're so excited to make this what you want to make it, um, yeah, please email us townhall at com. please send us voicemails, um, just please let us know what you think.
1: Um, and if you made it to this part of the episode, how about, Hannah, what do you think about the hashtag pit pot?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you have
1: one in mind? You got a hashtag up your sleeve? Wait,
0: no, I think I... I I feel like no no, I mean I Pit Pot was a funny thing that you said. I'm glad you held on to it. I'm just giving you shit. You're like, <laughs> I said this really funny thing. Um
1: It's just well you try know, saying it out. It's just fun to say.
0: want I, I, hashtag Pitpot, but a second hashtag I wanna get back okay. to some no no because I you'll see there it has a purpose. No, 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 I, I really loved when we did what ifs. Um, We did that a while ago. So please hashtag PitPot, but also hashtag what if, and then hit us with a what if. For example, hashtag what if Mark Brandanowitz won the lottery. And then we have to tell you, or it can be more related to the episode, What hashtag what if Leslie hadn't said no to Mark's kiss and they had started a romantic relationship. We want to be able to play this game where we can guess – or sort of rib on. Is rib on a word, a phrase? Probably not. Uh, we can josh about uh, what may have there happened. We go. Yeah. So please hashtag pitpot and also hashtag what ifs. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to talk to you soon. Leave a comment yeah. below.
1: Have a wonderful week. Take care of each other. Bye.
0: Bye.